Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's J-M-I-E, your 47th favorite podcast host. And as always, you're sharper down this road of nerd news. And I was going to make this a wiping that smark off your face segment simply because it technically would fall under that. But, um, you know, this the, what I'm talking about today, it, it was such a big event for... Um, a sport I love, and yes, I'm calling it a sport, don't you say a word to me, it's, so I'm, I'm just going to put it under this, because I think it really embodied what this whole, even, even what, what this small podcast, or what any entrepreneurial spirit has out there, uh, today we're going to be discussing the all-in event that was held this past Saturday in Chicago, Illinois, at the Sears Center. Um, in front of a sold-out crowd of 10,000-plus people as Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks put their money all in to put on the biggest independent pro wrestling event in history. I just want to start off by saying that every pro wrestling has had a few a few dates that has changed the business. Um, there's multiple ones, but just a few of them. In 1982, Vince McMahon Jr. bought the WWF from his dad, Vince Sr., effectively trying to go uh, national with a regional promotion, and it changed the business forever with this one purchase. September 4th, 1995, the first WCW Monday Night Nitro aired on the TNT Network, opposite of Monday Night Raw, which kicked off the Monday Night Wars and started the biggest pro wrestling boom that there probably ever was. And it was a major turning point in professional wrestling. March 26, 2001 was the very last Nitro when Vince McMahon got on TV and told the world that he had purchased WCW and that effectively he was the sole proprietor of uh, quote-unquote sports entertainment and professional wrestling. And he became the only the only place out there, you know, besides small little independent shows. And then September 1st, 2018, Chicago, Illinois, All In took place live on pay-per-view, and it has changed the sport of professional wrestling. Now, um, there's going to be people that say that's an over-exaggeration, and what what everybody's saying, we're not saying, nobody's going to say that this is the greatest event that ever happened or anything like that. This was a very great event, but, you know, this wasn't WrestleMania. The reason that this is changing the sport is because... It's showing out there that you don't need the uh, WWE. You don't need three letters behind you to make it make it in this business. Ten thousand people was a stretch that nobody thought that they could do. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that he didn't think Ring of Honor could sell out ten thousand people. And while this wasn't technically a Ring of Honor show, this was an independent wrestling show, and three guys sold out the ten thousand plus seat Sears Center. In 29 minutes. It didn't even take 30 minutes for this show to sell out. I tried to get tickets and could not get tickets. This was the hottest ticket in wrestling. This is the most talked about, most buzzworthy show in professional wrestling. In in the past 17 years, this is the biggest non 
WWE event that has taken place. This is probably one of the biggest events in the past 20 years, not called WrestleMania. And it, it was a huge success in my eyes. Um, I have not got the numbers yet on what the pay-per-view did. I'm pretty sure it did well. And because it, it, it was the number one trend on Twitter for a while. And while Twitter, Twitter doesn't mean that you're selling pay-per-views, it is a, a little barometer to see what the buzz is for it. And there was a lot of buzz going into this pay-per-view. Mainly because for the first time in history, you had three world heavyweight champions from different organizations all competing on the same card. You had the Ring of Honor world heavyweight champion, um, Jay Lethal, defending his title. You had the IWGP world heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega. And then you had the resurrected NWA world heavyweight champion, the man holding the 10 pounds of gold, Nick Aldis, taking on the heir apparent to the throne, the man with the name and legacy that's synonymous with the NWA world heavyweight championship. As Cody, don't call me Rhodes, um, was going to face him for the NWA world heavyweight championship in a very, very emotional night. The event was... I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, there was a hour-long uh, all-in zero hour on WGN America, which was which was a big deal. As it, I'm pretty sure that WGN America, there were casual wrestling fans who didn't know anything about this event. You know, just watched WWE sporadically for the big name. There was somebody that was flipping by, was flipping channels, saw this, stopped for a minute, and it started watching. And some of those people ended up buying the pay-per-view because the all-in zero hour was entertaining and it was there. It starts with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks coming out, welcoming everybody, doing their little fourth wall break of saying, let's grow the budget on Pyro. Let me talk about the arena right out of the bat. The arena is completely packed. The atmosphere is insane. The fans, you can tell, are, are they're all in, no pun intended right there, as they are they are loud, they're vocal. This, is, this isn't your WWE crowd. This is professional wrestling this isn't sports entertaining this is professional wrestling you know for so long the term professional wrestler has been a dirty word in the business because of what Vince McMahon has done to the fact of where people like the revival who call themselves professional wrestlers on an episode of Raw are getting buried because of it because Vince McMahon short story didn't want to pay the athletic commissions to get licensed and to have their doctors and everybody there on show, so he started saying it was sports entertainment, not a sport. And this was a pro wrestling event. As they come out, they're talking about they're going to blow the budget. Um, they shoot pyro off as they count down for the pyro to go off. It doesn't go off. They, you know, fourth wall break. This is the Young Bucks. This is Cody. If you'd ever watched Being the Elite, their YouTube channel, go check it out. You'll see that they have very great personalities. They're very funny. They're very engaging. And this was just a show of it. When the pyro does go off, I mean, it's it's WCW quality pyro. It's not like they're not they didn't have the budget for WWE type stuff, and it I mean it was cool because it, nobody was expecting it. The stage looked great. The the screen that was behind them was in the shape of the Bullet Club logo, which I thought was really cool. They said that every show needs a quote unquote legend of the past to come out, and they're in Chicago, Illinois, so why not have you know, one of the biggest legends ever, Road Warrior Animal, comes out. He's wearing the shoulder pads. He's in full face mat or the full face paint. Comes out on a Harley just for a quick little thing. They go to commercial. 
When they come back, we get our first match, which is SCU. SCU telling us that this is the worst city they've ever been in. As we get Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky is wearing Rocky Balboa Apollo Creed type outfit. As they take on the Briscoes, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. This match was fun as both tag teams, they work well together. They know each other. This was a, you know, it, it was a great match to start the card out with. It lets you, you know, the feel of what this card is going to be. This isn't your typical wrestling or WWE show. This is your, you know, independent pro wrestling. This is fun. This is high impact. This is this is all in. I'm going to say that a lot, guys, and I, I apologize, but it's going to happen. I'm going to say it a lot. Simply because that's, I mean, that was the name of the show, and and because it's just, it's true. They go through, and the Briscoes end up getting, getting, getting beat by SCU. They get pinned. This is a non-title match, but it will, it'll probably set up a tag title match down the line on Ring of Honor TV, if not the next pay-per-view coming up. Next, we go to commercial. We're seeing a lot for Pro Wrestling Tees. I want to give a shout-out to Pro Wrestling Tees and One Hour Tees for their putting on of this event, one of the biggest sponsors out there. They, they, you know, if, if you need, if you like wrestling, uh, legends or independent wrestling or even wrestlers that are in the WWE, if you'd like to support anybody, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Everybody has their own store. All their money goes directly to the wrestlers. They do a great job. They're quick. They're fast. Their customer service is great. I've used One Hour Tees and I've used Pro Wrestling Tees. This is, they, they don't, they didn't pay for the spot. I'm just letting you know. If you like independent pro wrestling, if you want to support your favorite wrestlers, go to prowrestlingtees.com. Just look at their look at everything they've got, and it, I think you'll you you'll you'll like it. You'll like any any of their stuff. It's high quality stuff. Um, between them, Hot Topic, Cracker Barrel, and TGI Fridays, it was a big thing. Like it, you know, they put their money into it. They did have the sponsors like Cracker Barrel and them, but they didn't. The, the sponsors didn't pay for the event. You know, they might have helped pay for some of it, but they didn't pay for the event. That was a check written by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. But just shout out to the sponsors that put that took this show under and and helped them because these three guys to get the sponsors they got were were pretty much were pretty amazing. Um, but uh, you know, we get a bunch of uh, we get a we get a bunch of pro wrestling tea spots and we get commercials and then we come back. It's time for the over budget battle royal. This is basically a 15-person is what it said. It seemed like there probably was more in there. There was a lot going on. But the winner of this battle royal is the one that takes on Jay Lethal uh, later on in the night for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. We have notable legends like Tommy Dreamer and Billy Gunn and Bully Ray in there. We have up-and-coming wrestlers like um, one of my favorite female wrestlers on the planet, Jordan Grace, was in the, in the match, and she showed off. We had Brian Cage. You know, we had... Uh, Matt Taven was in the match. <clears throat> Excuse me. There, there was just a slew of of Ring of Honor, TNA, and independent pro wrestling guy people in the ring in the match, and even Billy Gunn's son Austin Gunn was in the match. And so, as we go through, you know, this isn't your typical battle royal where everybody goes in and it's just punching and kicking. A lot of it is people going back and forth. There's people sliding under the ropes, getting drug under the ropes, getting drug on the outside. So you're getting a bunch of one-on-ones. You're getting a bunch of move sets, and so it, it's a. It was probably the most fun traditional battle royal I've ever seen. It starts off with Bully Ray pulling people out and just beating the hell out of them. He pulls out El Luchador Chico, 
and he power bombs him through a table by effectively taking him out of the match. As we go through, we're getting eliminations upon eliminations. We're getting a bunch of suckets from Billy Gunn and even his son. Uh, at one point, Jimmy Jacobs, the zombie princess, princess, who was a former writer for WWE and is an independent pro wrestler, at one point he does a five knuckle shuffle as a you know as a kind of little jab at John Cena, and then he's going to set up to do a pedigree. And when he does set up for the pedigree, he waves the camera and he says, Hi, Hunter. It's hilarious. Um, as the match goes on, people are getting eliminated. There's big spots between uh, Punishment Martinez and Brian Cage to where they're exchanging Hurricane Ranas. And if you haven't seen these guys, Punishment Martinez is 6'6", 300 pounds. Brian Cage is 6 plus jacked up around 300 pounds of pure muscle and these guys are doing head scissor takeovers and they're doing hurricane runners and you know and they go to exchange choke slams neither one can do it and then you have the hurricane in there and he's choke slams both of them and choke slams some other people there's a cool spot to where jordan grace who is a a female power lifter she gets brian cage on her shoulders and she squats him in a fireman's carry she doesn't get all the way up but Damn, is she strong, and damn, did she put on a show, and, and, and I just want to give a big shout-out to her, because she did great in this match, being the only woman, she didn't do a whole lot, because they were, you know, they gotta watch that, but when she was in there, she did a lot, the, her, her interaction with Bully Ray towards the end was just amazing, as she got in, and she wasn't scared of Bully Ray, they're getting attacked, it comes down to it, she gets eliminated, we think that Bully Ray has won the match. And then El Chico Luchador comes in out of nowhere, having never been eliminated, eliminates Bully Ray. And what's next? He rips off the mask, and it is Flip motherfucking Gordon. That's right. The man who has tried for a year to get booked on All In and couldn't get booked found a way in, and now Flip Gordon will be competing for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. When he ripped that mask off, the place goes wild, because Flip Gordon is one of the best up-and-comers in independent wrestling. He's one of the best up-and-comers in pro wrestling. I mean, he's just, he's fun and entertaining to watch. Um, go, you can watch later on, I'll get into it with his match with Jay Lethal, but go watch his match with Nick Aldis, and you'll see, the man's just really good. He's very athletic, he's very agile, he's fast. And he did a great job. It was a good go-home feeling as we head into the pay-per-view. Now, when we head into the pay-per-view, you get the opening. And the first match is Matt Cross and um, MJF. MJF, I'm not that familiar with him. I do know he's kind of playing the um, I'm better than you rich guy gimmick. And he's kind of a second-rate EC3. He's not a bad wrestler. It's just the character is so close to what Ethan Carter the third. Excuse me. What Ethan Carter the Third it was in TNA, and he hasn't differentiated himself any. And he's taking on Matt Cross, who you might know from Lucha Underground as Son of Havoc. And Matt Cross has been in the business for twenty years. He's a good wrestler, and he's he can put on a good match. This match was okay. It, it didn't knock my socks off. Neither guy, neither guy, just you know blew me away with anything they were done. They did a good showing, and as a opener for the show, I think it. It worked well because they didn't go too much. You don't, you know, you want the opening match to do great, but you know, 
you, you want to build to a crescendo a little bit. You don't want to just blow your wad on the first match. And that's what they did. Um, there was a little snafu next to where we were supposed to get a backstage interview with Christopher Daniels as the commentary team cut to it. It ended up being Nick Aldis backstage cutting a promo. Um, Nick Aldis holding the 10 pounds of gold in a suit, you know, looking like the NWA world champion should cuts a promo saying, you know, that this is about his legacy and this is about his son and it's not just about the Rhodes name. And he, he does a great promo backstage. Um, Nick Aldis has come into his own since his TNA Magnus, Magnus days. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to him on that. We get next up is Christopher Daniels as he takes on the Green Arrow himself. That's right, the star of Green Arrow from CW, uh, Stephen Amell. And Stephen Amell's third professional wrestling match. Stephen Amell comes out to the Bullet Club theme wearing the Vigilante Club vest. Christopher Daniels comes out flanked by his SCU Kazarian and Scorpio Sky partners. Then they meet in the middle as Amell's basically telling him to bring it on. There's a couple key points in this. Stephen Amell does the coast-to-coast, turnbuckle-to-turnbuckle, a la Shane McMahon, a la Rob Van Dam and the Van Terminator, which was just awesome. Stephen Amell is very athletic. He, he He's still green, but he's getting it a little bit. I also forgot to mention that the referee for the match is Jerry Lynn, as he's referred to as the new refing show. If he doesn't make that a t-shirt, there's something wrong. But it was cool to see Jerry Lynn. You know, uh, he looks kind of like Robert England here. You know, he, he's gotten older. And he looked in good shape for what he was for his age. And it, it was just cool to see Jerry Lynn back. These guys both, you know, that Daniels carried Amel to a good match. Amel put in a – Stephen Amel did a, did a great job on his own, though. He, he wasn't a slouch. You know, he's still green. He, he's not – you know, a polished wrestler yet, but for what little, for what little training he's been able to do, and for the few matches he's had, he's done a, he did a phenomenal job in this match. Beside the coast to coast, he does an insane table spot on the outside where he lays Christopher Daniels on the table and jumps for an elbow drop. Daniels moves and he goes crashing through it. I mean, it's it was a pretty vicious little table spot. And then as they're both getting counted out, Jerry Lynn went out, goes outside and throws them both back in the ring. You know, the, we're not going to have a count out here. We're going to have a win. And uh, <clears throat> Christopher Daniels goes for Nick Angel Wings. He gets countered for a near fall. And then Daniels, Christopher Daniels hits the best moonsault ever for the win, which, you know, we kind of understand. Stephen Amell's won every professional wrestling match he's been in, and this will be his third. This will be his first singles Again, you know, my hat's off to Christopher Daniels for for helping Stephen Amell look good. Stephen Amell held his own. He's still green. There wasn't a lot to it. Like, you know, they didn't go over the top here because they really couldn't. You know, they, they really they really couldn't because Stephen Amell hasn't got all of it down yet. But for what it was, you know, my hat's off to him because he went out there. He added some star power to the show that, you know, probably brought some eyes to it just to see Stephen Amell wrestle. He's friends with Cody Rhodes. He's friends with, you know, everybody in the Bullet Club. He's, he's a big fan of professional wrestling, which I think is a big thing. You know, when, when most of the time when you get stars that come into professional wrestling and even do one-off spots or matches, most of them don't care about the business and they're for a payday. And Stephen Amell seemed like he was there to actually help out. And it, it was it was awesome, you know. So my hat's off to you, Green Arrow. And I I wouldn't mind seeing you again in 
any professional wrestling shape or form. Next up, we have a women's match um, with Tanila Dashwood and Mandy Leon, Leona on the commentary team as we have Madison Reigns and Chelsea Green. Madison Reigns versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard versus Britt Baker. Um, Madison Reigns, former TNA knockout champion. Chelsea Green, the former Laurel Van Ness in TNA, former knockout champion. Tessa Blanchard, the current knockout champion and Britt Baker I'm not a I'm not really I'm uh, not that um, knowledgeable about her I've seen I think a match or two of hers but you know I don't know that much about her she did come out to Adam Cole's uh, theme music which I thought was cool I don't know if they're related I don't know if they're dating I don't know if they were exes I don't know what the story is there but she coming out to Adam Cole's music and I thought it was really I thought it was just cool because, uh, you know, most of the wrestling fans there that know that theme, they popped you for it. You, 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 Everybody knew that he wasn't going to show up, but it was just a cool thing. As Tessa Blanchard comes out, she hugs Tully Blanchard, and she hugs her stepdad, Magnum T.A. It's a very cool moment to see both of those legends again on a night like this. That, that's just, you know, such a big, important thing for the wrestling business. Chelsea Green comes out with half her face, makeup messed up as the Laura Van Ness character, you know, a hot mess where she's basically two-faced half of her outfit is green and pink the other half is white and dirty the white part white and dirty she has makeup smeared on her face she seems like she's having a split personality like two-faced type gimmick and she played it up and wanted to shake the hand of tessa blanchard she wanted to shake it and the other side wouldn't let her you know just playing up the two-faced gimmick we get a woo kick from chelsea green a la Zack Ryder as there, somebody's in the corner. She does the woo-woo-woo and then runs and kicks him. We get all the women doing dives to the outside. Britt Baker slingshot, slingshots or sling blade after sling blade after sling blade on all the women. Reigns does a top rope cu- cutter. Britt Baker at one point and it looked good, but it looked more like a bulldog or a face crusher because it seems like when she jumped, Britt didn't go with her, so she didn't have her the full time going down. Somebody jumped a little too early. It was a little mess up, but nothing much. Tessa Blanchard hits her finisher, which is, which it's a code breaker. She hits it jumping off of the top rope on the green, which is super cool. We get a super kick from Brett Baker for a near fall. We get a, a Canadian destroyer pile driver or a destroyer pile driver, the flipping pile driver on Tessa Blanchard. And Chelsea Green gets a near fall. She does a hammerlock DDT. Gets the win. Um, there looks like there might have been a little confusion there because Britt Baker looked like she broke it up. I don't know if it was a miscue, if she was supposed to break it up or what. I don't know. The match was great. This is one of the better matches on the card. All four of these women showed what women's professional wrestling has turned into and what, uh, you know, this is a true revolution for women's wrestling. And, you know, the women of the WWE are doing a great job, but you have a lot of independent pro wrestlers or female pro wrestlers on the independent circuit that are just amazing talents and night in and night out they should they show why they are they should be taken seriously all four of these women did a great job i really wish i could have saw tanila dashwood which is the former emma in the wwe i really wish i could have seen her wrestle here because i think she's one of the best in the world and it would have been really cool to see her but we get a great four-cornered women's match with Tessa Blanchard picking up the win. So the TNA Impact Knockouts champion stands tall over the rest of them on a night with her dad and stepdad, two of the legends of the business, in, in you know, in the, the crowd watching her. Great moment. 
The NWA title is um, we share a package of a build between Cody and Nick Aldis as it's going to be your next match. I just want to say that in, in 2018, the fact that we are having an NWA World Heavyweight Championship in front of 10,000 plus people on a big name pay-per-view is just so awesome. This belt is, for 70 years, has been one of the most prestigious in the world, even though for the past 30 years it has been, you know, in rough, rough obscurity. It has been in complete obscurity, pretty much. It has never died. It has been transferred between people and independent wrestlers. And names like Colt Cabana have held this belt while it goes on. Nick Aldis won this from Tim Storm. And he has done in the past year, he has built this belt to try to be something again. Billy Corgan has put his name behind it as he purchased the NWA. And he is trying to bring this back to prominence. I think we are on the verge of another territory type system where all the independent companies are working together as we see lucha underground impact ring of honor new japan they're all seem to be working in this this aspect of let's help each other out because you can't beat wwe you're not going to compete with wwe on your own let's all just work together and if we can't even if we can't beat them we can we don't even have to compete with them we can just give people a place for all of us to work it is a very cool moment and so, for 30 years, you know, in 30 years, this will be the biggest match for the NWA World Heavyweight title. This is a moment in history. I mean, it really is. As, you know, this, this is the big moment. As Cody fights for his family's legacy, he fights for his own legacy. And, you know, being able to live up to the name of Rhodes. Nick Aldis is fighting to establish his name among the greats of Ric Flair, Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, you know, all of these big names. He's he's wanting to prove that he belongs in the discussion with them, you know, as an NWA champion, as not just a, you know, an independent wrestling champion. He wants to be recognized as carrying the 10 pounds of gold and what that means, and he has done a great job here. Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes' wife, comes out first, looking amazing in the outfit she's in. She is just a gorgeous woman. Next, we hear Cody as his music comes up as he enters he's carrying he has his dog pharaoh with him he has his entourage of the nightmare family you know which ddp and tommy dreamer are part of you know ddp is basically his godson or his godfather he, he was he, dusty was one of his best friends dusty helped get him in the business he's known cody since he was a kid tommy dreamer was you know a big fan of dusty and became a friend of dusty's and he's known cody for years and it was cool to see them out with him this is giving it a big fight feel because both teams have entourages that represent you know their past and represent this in the nwa and it is it's, it's very thing you can see when cody's coming out he's getting emotional he's tearing up he's wanting to cry he's trying not to and it honestly brought a tear to my eye because you know what big how big of a moment this is for Cody Rhodes, you know how big of a moment this is for him, I mean, this is his show, and he's fighting for the NWA world title that his father held, you know, years ago, and it's, it's just a great, cool moment, the entrance alone of watching Cody is just at a very emotional entrance for any wrestling fan, it's been 39 years since his father won his first NWA title, so that's almost 40 years, and Cody tonight is wrestling for that legacy. Next up, we get Nick Aldis coming out as customary, as it should be, the champion enters last. We get him, he enters with Jeff Jarrett, he enters with Davari, and the guy that he beat for the NWA world title, Tim Storm, 
all these guys in some way or form representing TNA, Devore working for it. We have Tim Storm, the former champion, Jeff Jarrett, who was, when he started Impact Wrestling, you know, to, with a TNA, with an NWA affiliate, and the NWA title was defended there for years to come. So they've all been, they've all had something to do with the NWA, and they're all wearing suits. Cody's, Cody's team is wearing track suits. This feels like a big fight feel. This feels like real. This is professional wrestling. This the, the atmosphere that you feel in that arena, you can feel it through the TV watching it as I did. I got goosebumps. It felt like it did, and I'm pretty sure this is how it felt when Dusty took on Ric Flair for the world title when you had Harley going for the world the NWA title all these big fight these big wrestling matches I'm pretty sure that's how they felt this is this is professional wrestling this event is is what professional wrestling is and was built upon 70 years of the NWA is being celebrated in one match and that is Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis for the 10 pounds of gold Earl Hepner is your referee the crowd is just going bananas for Cody uh, you know, Earl gives a quick little speech saying he knows them and what the title represents. And he says, let's have a good, clean fight. We need a winner. Crowd's going nuts chanting for Cody. I mean, this is his crowd. Nick Aldis has walked into a snake pit. We all knew it was going to happen. And they meet in the center as they look around. It, it's kind of like the when The Rock and Hulk Hogan met, where they just kind of stand in the middle, look at each other, and they look around and they just soak in the moment because they know how big of a deal this is. They know that they are making history. They know that on this night with this, they are effectively writing a new chapter in professional wrestling history. And as the match goes, this match is all in chance. This match is Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes putting on a traditional pro wrestling match. There's not, you know, there's not insane high flying. There's a couple of, you know, there's a couple big spots, but this is what, real wrestling is from two guys who know the business, two guys who know what they're doing, and two guys who are out here trying to make this sport mean something again. We do get a little interference. Devore's pushing DDP. DDP gets in the ring. He hits a diamond cutter, which gets a big pop. Everybody is, so then the entourages are thrown in the, you know, thrown from ringside. They're banned from ringside. Cody gets busted open in the match. And the blood, I think, adds to it. You know, I think it adds to that 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 the feel of them two going to war. Like this is actually a fight. They both are struggling. This is a war that they are both wanting to win. Cody goes for you know, Cody goes for the disaster kick. He misses it. Cody gets on the second rope at one point, and he gets a fallaway slam from Aldis. Aldis grabs him, picks him up, walks up the second rope. Throws him off. A great show of strength from Nick Aldis. Cody Rhodes locks in a figure four leg lock at one point. Reminiscent of Dusty locking in figure fours on his on Ric Flair to win the world heavy the world's heavyweight championship, baby. Cody goes for an Alabama slam at one point, um, and Nick Aldis doesn't get the movement over. I don't know what happens, but he kind of drops him. They play the commentary puts a good thing of him blocking it, but it's just it just didn't work. Cody then ends up getting it. It hits it for a near fall. He misses a disaster kick and we get Nick Aldis locking in the Kingsland Cloverleaf. Cody is bleeding as he's struggling to get to the ropes. We see him push up. We see blood coming out. We see him screaming, reminiscent of 
the rock, or excuse me, of Stone Cold and Bret Hart at Survivor Series. The iconic of Bret of Stone Cold passing out from the pain and the blood loss. It's it, it's just amazing. We get at one point. Cody's down. Brandy gets in the ring. She's pleading for, you know, she's telling her husband he doesn't have to do this. She's getting in the ring. She's saying, Nick, please just let him go. You know, it's over, whatever. He jumps for an elbow drop. Brandy lays on top of Cody. She takes the full force of the elbow drop. Aldis plays like, you know, I can't, what happened? We don't know if he did it or you know, on purpose or not. Cody ends up getting up. Cody hits a disaster kick. He hits crossroads for a two and uh, count. I mean, almost a three when Aldis kicked out, the place exploded, you know, that it's just, it was such a near fall, everybody thought Cody had it in his, in his grasp, it didn't, Nick Aldis goes for a sunset flip, and it, this match abruptly ends right here, not abruptly, I mean, I'm, it's how it was gone, but this the ending, this seemed kind of anti, a little anticlimactic, but he goes for a sunset flip, as he goes down, Cody just falls on top of him, covers him, one, two, three, as he lets go, the crowd just erupts in cheers, and showing all kinds of love for Cody, as Cody is now the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Cody has made history as being the first time a father and son have held the same title in wrestling history. Cody is crying, Brandy's crying, DDP and them come out, they're they're crying, they're all emotional. I mean, it, it's such a feel-good moment, and, and you know, getting this... Watching Cody, watching him as he put the belt around him, watching him as he hoists the belt in front of everybody, as they chant his name, they chant all in. It brought another tear to my eye. Like I got very emotional in this match, and that's what I love about this business is that I can be, I can be engaged this much in a pro wrestling match. This was a phenomenal build, and this match had me from beginning to end. This match was not the best match on the card. But for me, it was my favorite match on the card because of the build to it, because of the two patrons involved, because of the legacy behind it, because of the fact that it's the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. All of that, if you watch this match, it's as a wrestling fan, it is a very, very emotional moment. And I, I just, I, I completely love this match. I have been so blown away so far by this pay-per-view. It is just insane. Like, like I have been just blown away. Next up, we get Joey Mandela versus Hangman Adam Page. I don't know Janela that much. I've heard his name. I haven't seen much of his matches. He's the bad boy of pro wrestling. He has a beautiful valet in Penelope Ford. I mean, beautiful valet in Penelope Ford, the bad girl. Uh, Hangman Page, all this is is a setup. It's a Chicago Street Fight. It's a setup for the return of Joey Ryan. Spoiler alert. As Bombing the Elite, apparently Hangman at one point had quote-unquote killed Joey Ryan and... It had, you know, just been, it's it's a big, big, just, it's an angle that they set up to where Joey Ryan's dead, and who did it, and Hangman Page knows he did it, and he admitted it the day before on the press conference for the show. I mean, the match was a Chicago street fight. Hangman Page is one of the best up-and-coming um, young talents in independent wrestling. Like, he, he has such a great upside, such a great look to him. And Joey Janela, I mean, he kind of has a dad by going, but I mean, the, the guys can work. He he can work. And there was, you know, ladder spots and table spots. And at one point, I thought Janela was dead because they'd, him and Penelope Ford had set up two tables around the entryway. And Hangman Page went to powerbomb Janela 
and through both tables, and Janela missed, and his head hit one table and went through it. And I really thought, like, he's concussed, he's dead, he's knocked out. But they've done, you know, they, they put on a good match. The guys worked well together. They, If you watch Being the Elite with the quote-unquote talking boots and the fact that he supposed to kill Joey Ryan with the telephone, yes, it's pro wrestling, so we're still going to get stuff like this. And th- that's all straight fun. We get the talking boots in the match. Um, you know, that he thrown away. We get the telephone being used to attack Janela. Hangman Page wins the match by hitting his finisher off the top of the rope, off the top of the ladder onto a table that's set up in the ring in a vicious-looking spot. I, I don't know how some of these guys just, I don't know how they work on these. some of these. You know, I know that this is all, like, they learned to bump, but I don't know how they take some of these bumps. After the match is what this really set up as Joey Ryan, as we see a bunch of people dressed in penis costumes come out looking like Undertaker Druids. Like it's very slow music. There's the lights are down. There's blue light. There's fog. It's like the Druids from the Undertaker. And then we see Joey Ryan come out and Joey Ryan gets in the ring and he lathers himself up in baby oil as he does. He picks his lollipop. He puts it down his pants as he does. As Hangman Page is telling him, you know, I killed you. You're dead. He swings at him, Joey grabs him, puts his hand on his penis, and he does the the penis plex, the penis flip, whatever you want to call it. You've seen it as a viral video if you don't know what that is, and it's it's just one of the stupidest things in wrestling, but it's just, it's something that's fun. You know, it's fun, it's something that'll make you laugh. As he flips that, he then super kicks Adam Page, who's knocked out, and the penis druids take Hamlin Page away and take him to the back. That's pretty much all this set up. It looked, it was fucking, it was hilarious. I laughed. But, you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Uh, next, we get Jay Lethal walking backstage. He gets handed a pair of sunglasses that are, that were the Macho Man's, and we know that Black Machismo is coming. Flip Gordon comes out first with Brandy Rose dressed in army gear. They're good friends, Flip Gordon. You know, again, this this match is a fun match to watch because it really shows off Flip Gordon and how far he's come. And Jay Lethal is one of the best professional wrestlers in pro wrestling. And he has a personality that matches if you watch this. Jay Lethal comes out doing to Pomp and Circumstances, Macho Man Randy Savage's theme. If you ever saw him in TNA, Black Machismo, you know what this is. He's wearing Savage's actual ring gear and... Randy Savage's brother, Lanny Poffo, is coming to the ring with him. He's apparently giving it to them to be able to wear. He's doing the whole black machismo gimmick as they get inside. He does the Mega Powers handshake with Lanny Poffo. They go to the thing. They go to the center of the ring. Him and Flip Gordon shake hands as they go outside. You know, the match starts at one point. Jay Lethal grabs Brandy, pulls him to the ring, and does the whole Randy Savage being a being protective, being protective, being protective, and being a little, you know, he, he's treating her like Elizabeth, and he's being a little possessive, telling her to stay in his corner, he goes, she goes to walk away, he grabs her, pulls her back, and tells her to stay in his corner, just a funny moment, Brandy slaps him, which apparently knocks him out of the black machismo thing, to where now he's Jay Lethal, he's wondering why he's dressed like this, he's wondering where he's at, you know, just stupid, a stupid little thing, but it's so fucking great. He pulls it off so well. Flip, uh, Flip Gordon and him are having a phenomenal match. They're going back and forth with personalities. We're getting Flip Gordon doing his flips, We're, you know, which is his name. At one point, Lanny Poffo pops Jay Lethal on the shoulder again. He turns black, back into the black machismo. We get three Macho Man elbow drops from the top rope. And 
he does a p- phenomenal Macho Man. And Flip Gordon kicks out. Then Flip Gordon starts to Hulk up, doing Hulk Hogan. He hulks up with the punches and the shaking. He gets a big boot. He misses the leg drop. Jay Lethal does the lethal injection and gets the win. One, two, three. Jay Lethal retains the ROH World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think Flip Gordon is ready for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship yet. I think that's why they did it here, although he has proved that he is an amazing talent. And one day he will be ROH World Heavyweight Champion. I fully believe it. he will be a world champion because he is he's just that good. Bully Ray comes out as Jay Lethal and Flip Gordon do a handshake and they do a hug. Bully Ray comes out. He attacks both of them. Lanny Poffo gets in the ring ready, you know, wanting to fight. Bully Ray low blows him. And as he's beating them up, he pulls out a table. And out comes Chicago's favorite son, Colt Cabana. They get in the ring. He attacks Bully. And him, Jay Lethal, and Flip Gordon do a triple powerbomb shield style on on um, the, on Bully Ray. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they do, uh, you know, I was expecting to see the hoo-ha part from Colt Cabana. It, it, it didn't happen. I thought that would have been a hilarious, just little nod to it. But it's at the home. It's at everybody home happy. And uh, next up, we have Pentagon Jr. versus the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega. Pentagon is out first, and a Cedro Mero, which is Zero Fear champ, breaks out. Omega comes out next to a huge pop. Uh, you know, this is a lot of people's first time seeing Kenny Omega perform live. Um, he's a New Japan wrestler so he doesn't get to perform in the states a lot so when he comes here it's usually a huge deal and he's the IWGP world heavyweight champion so in professional wrestling that makes it a very huge deal he's one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling not signed to the WWE he's one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling history and it's great to see him on this stage a holy shit chant breaks out before they even touch Zero and Kenny just looking at each other Zero, uh, Pentagon Zero does the Cerro Mero hand gesture at him. Kenny says, you know, basically, he shirks it off like it ain't nothing. He take as Pentagon takes his glove off, he does it again. Kenny grabs his hand and lightly taps him on the shoulder, on the face with a slap, basically saying, you know, I'm not afraid of you either, and we're off to the races as Pentagon kicks Kenny in the gut, and here we go. Pentagon has come a long way in the past two years of being one of the most known luchadors in, you know, North America, and him and his brother Phoenix have done a great job in Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling here recently, as well as shows like PWG, and he, it's, Pentagon's taken off a little bit more, I, I don't know if it's the character development, I don't know if it's just the character, or the fact that he's not just a Lucha Libre wrestler, he's also, he's more vicious, he's more violent, he's more of a heelish type. But this match is great back and forth. Um, one thing that I have realized with Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is one of the best performers in the business. And he does a lot of running knee strikes. And it, I, I didn't notice that really until the Young Bucks had mentioned it. But his knee strikes look vicious. They sound good when he slaps his leg. Guys, I'm sorry if you didn't know that, but that's the... Um, trick to make it sound like you hit a guy in the face with your knee or a super kick is hitting your leg. Um, a holy shit trick breaks out again as we get a package pile driver from Pentagon Zero on Kenny Omega on the ring apron that looks brutal. Like it really, it looks like 
Kenny Omega's head hit the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring, and it looks seriously brutal to where I, I grimaced when I saw it. As that holy shit chant breaks out, I don't know how he took that without injury. I have no clue. We get V-trigger after V-trigger after V-trigger, which is his running knee strikes that look amazing. We get into a one-wing angel attempt. Penta counters into an arm breaker, which looks like he snaps the arm back. Uh, I wish Kenny would have sold the arm a little bit more here, but other than that, it's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> we got Penta counter after the arm breaker. We get a package driver, and uh, for a very near fall, the arena is on their feet. This match is just going back and forth. It's crazy. It's a dream match that people wanted to see, and both these guys are delivering in spades as they just back and forth. I mean, it is hard-hitting. It is high-flying. It is Lucha Libre. It is strong style. It this is, this is what wrestling is again. This right here is independent pro wrestling at its best. Both these guys are great entertainers, great performers. This is, a very, this is an awesome match. If you've never seen these two perform, you're missing out on something. Look on YouTube. Look on New Japan World. Look, watch Impact Wrestling. Watch Lucha Underground on Netflix. Whatever you can get, because this match is just amazing. We get three V triggers and a one wing angel for the win as Kenny Omega pins Pentagon Zero. Uh, as a sudden the lights go out and they're out for a minute, and they make the commentary is making jokes that the Maybe they didn't pay the electrical bill. They ran out of budget, whatever. The Pentag the lights come back on, and Pentagon attacks Kenny Omega. He's beating him up. He hits him with a cold breaker. As he hits him with a cold breaker, he gets down. He pulls his mask off to reveal that it is actually Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho taking the place of the real Pentagon Zero who was in the match. Pentagon Jr. was in the match, and this was him dressed as him for the attack angle. As he hits the co-breaker again, when he took that mask off, the place erupted. Chris Jericho has not performed on the U.S. has not performed on U.S. soil since leaving WWE. He's done New Japan bits, but he has not yet wrestled in the U.S. because he said him and Vince kind of had a thing to where he wouldn't perform here. That apparently went out the window. Maybe that was just a smokescreen. This right here was a huge pop, and he hits another code breaker on Kenny Omega, grabs a microphone, and says, Kenny Omega, I'll see you on the Jericho cruise. They're going to be on the cruise coming up in October, and it's it was just an awesome surprise. It added something else to All In, another big, big, huge name, a wrestling legend that got the crowd hyped, and anybody watching on pay-per-view, you know, you're expecting CM Punk, we're expecting Neville. We didn't get either one of those. But we got Chris Jericho, which I'm fine with. You know, the, the best in the world. You know, you talk about your Rocks, Austins, your Flares, your Shawn Michaels. Chris Jericho is he's just the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. The heel, face, whatever. He is the greatest of all time. Next up, we have a match that really, uh, it's two great wrestlers. It's two completely different styles. As we had the villain, Marty Skrull, taking on Kazuka, Kazuch. Okada. I, I can never pronounce his name, his first name correctly. I don't know why that is. I've heard it a million times. I can never get the first name out correctly. Okada, the former IWGP champion who's held the title for 790 plus days before losing it to Kenny Omega. This match is all about Marty's girl trying to prove that he's not just a junior heavyweight, that he wants to compete with the heavyweights. And this is about him, the size difference in the match. I love Marty Skrull's entrances. Him coming out with his umbrella and this, the fur coat, the top hat, and the, the penguin-type gas mask. 
he has a great look to him. He's charming, he's funny, and he can be vicious when he needs to be, and he is a great performer. Okada comes out in Rainmaker gear, not the crazy balloon that he's been doing since he lost the kind of playoff gimmick. He's the Rainmaker here. He is the Okada of old. Okada looks like a star. He acts like a star. He is a star. Okada is amazing. Okada is one of the top five best professional wrestlers on the planet. He is so good at what he does. And they meet in the middle, and Skrull is face-to-face with Okada. You see Okada 6'3", 240. Skrull is 5'9", you know, 5'10", maybe. And, you know, 190 pounds, 205 pounds, something like that. He's, he's a lot smaller. And that's the whole story of this match is Marty Skrull trying to compete with the bigger, stronger, technically faster Okada. Okada's taking punches, taking clotheslines, not falling down. They're still putting on a phenomenal match. The, 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 there's a huge dueling chant as we get, you know, let's go Marty, Okada chants from the crowd. They're split down for who to cheer for. This match is everything you expect from an Okada match and a Marty Skrull match. Okada is the aggressor in it. He's the one that's basically leading it because he's the bigger man. There are key points that I thought was great. Uh, the referee gets knocked down, which is the the referee is the legendary uh, Tiger Hattori, referee from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, as we get into it, Okada goes for a rainmaker. He misses. Ok- Marty Skrull grabs the umbrella. He goes to go it again. He opens it. It says all in. It stops him. He closes it. He hits him with it. Goes for a near fall. Doesn't get it. It's a close two count, and it sent the crowd into a frenzy, thinking that maybe Marty Skrull just upset the Okada. He go, gets up. He goes for a chicken wing. Okada can't. He can't really lock in a chicken wing on the supposed bigger Okada. Okada stands up. He falls backwards. Knocking Marty Skrull out. Marty Skrull grabs it again, and he's got it locked in. Okada hits a Rainmaker and some elbows. Marty calls for more. He hits him again. He calls for more. He hits him again. He spits at Okada. He gets hit with two Rainmakers and a pin for Okada. Okada, again, one of the best professional wrestlers. Marty Skrull did a great job here. They told a great story of the underdog, undersized Marty Skrull taking on the bigger, better Okada. Marty Skrull proving that he can compete with heavyweights and he can make a big deal out of this. The crowd was insane for this. Man, they love they love Marty Skrull and the Bullet Club, but it's just Okada's a great Okada's something we don't get a lot. You know, Okada is the he's he's like he's like the Rock over in Japan. And when he comes here, if you're a professional wrestling fan, he's such a great, great, great addition to anything you do, and it's just so fun to watch. Go out of your way to watch this if you haven't seen Okada wrestle before the watch him and Kenny Omega's matches but this match right here was fun and we get to see Okada return to Okada form we're kind of uh, we're running short on time here there's about 15 minutes left in the pay-per-view um as we get the dream uh, six-man tag match next as you have the golden elite of Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks taking on Rey Mysterio uh, Ray Phoenix and uh, Bandito and we get Rey Mysterio and them coming out first. Um, Phoenix and Bandito come out. Phoenix is a lot of people are saying is the new, uh, the the new younger Rey Mysterio. And if you watch him work, you can see why he's bigger than Rey, but he moves just as good as Rey. And he's got a look that I think is why people 
equate them to that. Um, next is the Golden Elite as they come out. This is a, this is a spot fest. That's what this is going to be. This is just high flying, boom, 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 boom in your face. A spot fest is all this is going to be. We all know what this is going to be going in, and nobody was expecting anything else. And this was going to be a great thing to send the send the crowd home happy after a a great great night. Rey Mysterio comes out and he's wearing full Wolverine X Men from the TV show gear, looking amazing. If you're a comic book fan, I mean, he looked awesome. We get in, and it's just dive after dive after dive. Tope Soacitas, we're getting corkscrew uh, planches. We're getting moonsaults. We're getting everything you would expect from the Young Bucks, everything you would expect from Lucha Libre Wrestling. It is just fast-paced, and they're getting everything in in this short amount of time. At one point, you hear the ref say, we got to go home. They're running short on time. We get a secrets with the 619. We get a secrets with, you know, with a bunch of um, Bandito and Ray Phoenix hitting a bunch of moves on the Young Bucks for a kick out. Then we get the super kick party. We all wanted super kick, super kick, super kick, super kick. It's the super kick party. We get three moons. We get two moonsaults and a 450 splash from the Golden Elite in a succession on Ray or Bandito which was amazing. And then for the finish, we get the Meltzer driver, which you got to have the Meltzer driver. And if you've never seen the Meltzer driver, it's one of the coolest moves, tag moves in pro wrestling to see. For the win as the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi win, and we got one minute left in the pay-per-view. We don't even get to see the proper goodbyes as the pay-per-view ends. I mean, it's just abrupt. They ran, they almost ran over, but they did an amazing job. So, quote-unquote, this this was an amazing show. Um, this changed wrestling. Like the, the history was made. Wrestling is forever changed with this show. Nobody, but again, nobody's saying that this is the greatest wrestling show ever. The reason they're saying this has changed is because this proves that independent pro wrestling can a draw a big crowd. And this is one, the reason Ring of Honor has just put out is going to put on a show in WrestleMania weekend at Madison Square Garden. And this is the reason that it sold out. It's showing that people are loving professional wrestling. It's proving that the independent wrestlers are drawing. It's proving that people will pay to see them. And it's showing that you have a someone you can do something else besides being the WWE. You don't need the WWE behind you to make money and to be successful in pro wrestling. And also for any in any entrepreneur out there, no matter what, whether you're you're podcasting like this, whether you're starting a restaurant, whether you're starting any kind of business. You have to take a risk, and that's what this proved. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks did a phenomenal job. From top to bottom, this card was just delivered. It had something for everybody. It had Lucha Libre style. It had, you know, strong style from Japan. It had the English style with Marty Skrull. It had super kick parties. It had just spot fest. It had great technical wrestling. It had lineage wrestling, battle royals, women's wrestling. This had something for every professional wrestling fan. I would suggest everybody don't illegally download this don't illegally watch it go out of your way to see this pay-per-view because you will not be disappointed this show had some times in it where they you can tell that they flubbed a little bit i know a lot of people complained about the production quality the production quality was good it wasn't wwe level because they didn't have billions of dollars behind them this was three guys putting it on but it was great production value for what it was they did an amazing job Everybody involved seemed like they wanted to be there. It was an emotional night for Cody Rose winning the NWA title. It was a fun night watching Kenny Omega and Pentagon go at it. It was a hard-hitting night with Adam Page and uh, Joey Janelle in their street fight. And, again, Singo Kata is just always amazing. 
go out of your way to see this. There's no there's no downside to this. Top to bottom, front to back, from opening match to ending match, this pay-per-view delivered on all fronts. This is my favorite show of the year. This had my favorite build to one of my favorite matches of the year in Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes. And so this it's Nerd Pool approved, and I was all in for this event. I was all in, and I'm still all in, and I'm still hyped after watching it. I've watched it two times, and I am hyped for it. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. Follow me on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. Guys, go follow Cody Rose. Go follow the Young Bucks. We're going to get an all-in-two, God willing. And just support your local independent pro wrestling. Because if you, if you like pro wrestling, if you like the sport of professional wrestling, your independent is where you're going to get the, the bulk of it. And so just go support it. You never know when you're going to see the next big thing. Thank you all for your love, for your support. Go like, share, subscribe. Leave me a rating and leave me a review on any of your platforms that you listen to this podcast at. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. You guys are all amazing. And for Nerdpool for this week, I am definitely all in. So until next week, see ya.